Welcome back to Talking Bollocks with me, Howard Smith. Yeah! Hello, welcome back. It is, of course, Talking Bollocks with me, your host, Howard H for Howard Smith. Howard Howard Smith. How does that work? I don't know. It's episode 244, and that's the first time I've ever numbered an episode. So already things are going crazy. So hello. Uh, Yeah, I am he. I am the man of this podcast. I also sing in UK thrash band Acid Rain. I also do stand up as the character Keith Blatt. I also do the uh, official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast, and a footballing podcast called The Reduce. Check that shit out. That comes out weekly. If you're into football, it's quite zany. It's, also, it's probably the worst football podcast you could ever listen to. So there you go. It's time for another episode. And what an episode I've got coming for you. Yet last time you had Zoltan from Ectomorph having just released their awesome new album, Vivid Black. Well, this time... As you've already read in the description, don't know why I'm banging on about it now, because, frankly, it's a bit silly. But you've got Kyle Thomas from the Awesome Exorder. Um, Very cool. Get to Kyle later. First up, as always, just got to drop a hint here for Patreon. Patreon, do you know what? Even just the radio show is worth signing up for. I mean, it opens up with three tracks you cannot hear anywhere else at the moment it's behind a paywall that's why i can do that so it's like you know there's a, there's a track off the new exorder album that's not out yet there's a track off well i can't even say what other two albums but you know i mean personally i'd sign up for that but i would say that wouldn't i it is three dollars just to sign up as a patron for a month just three dollars if you want the full shenanigans, which is quite a lot, there's a lot of content, uh, you'll be sick of me within a month. That's $6. And um, I'm not going to do the usual comparison to a cup of coffee because I, I, I don't. that just doesn't make any fucking sense at all. For less than one single coffee, you can get all of that content. I'm not sure when audio content and coffee became comparisons, but doesn't work for me. So, for the price of shit, I've built a hole here that I hadn't planned on. For the price of, uh, for the price of downloading a a couple of tracks from iTunes, I don't even know if you can still do that anymore. But for that price, you can get shit tons of content from me. Lots of stuff at Patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smish that Smish? Howard H. Smish Hey, I'm Howard H. Smish Nice to meet you guys Thanks, you want to sign up at my Patreon do you? Come on in I mean, really I'm not <laughs> You want less of me already, don't you? And I don't blame you I really don't um, Howard H. It's our oh, fucking hell Patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith I had to really concentrate on that uh, or just click the uh, support the podcast link in the uh, description, um, which you can do on most things, unless you're on Spotify cunt player, in which case, yeah, that's not letting you click any links to get out of it. But, um, you know, I've given you the link. Fucking Google the bastard. And a quick message here to any page, because I do, I have got some patrons who have signed up as free patrons. Now, I've got to be honest here, okay? If you are not a patron or you sign up as a free patron, you're going to get the exact same amount of stuff, okay? And I, so, dear free patrons listening, if you're wondering when the content is going to drop, it's never, okay? Because it's, it's, I, I genuinely, I don't know why Patreon offer a free, like, membership. I, 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 do, I don't know. But, yeah, it, the, the good stuff is behind a paywall, minimum $3 a month. Okay, sorry, twat here, but gotta eat. You know how it is, right? You need money, yeah? You need money to pay bills? Ditto. Right back at you. So, yeah, so fucking help paying mine, you bastards. <laughs> um, right, anyway, let's crack on with the news. Well, the news straight out the gate was really... Um, all these shenanigans with uh, Kerry King's new song coming out, which um, which I thought was all right. Um, I've listened to it a couple of times. didn't blow me away, but I'm not going to listen to it again. I want to hear it in the context of an album. 
Um, look, if you've listened to a movie bollocks, you know I'm not a fan of trailers. Um, I'm also not a fan of listening to of listen, over listening to a lead single from an album. And sometimes I'll try and avoid them, uh, avoid them all just so. Because I know I'm going to get the Kerry King album, so I don't need to hear any of the songs before it comes out. I want to hear it as a whole piece. I don't want to hear bits and pieces of it. I, I don't know about you, but when I get a new album, if I've overplayed the single, I'll skip it every time I get to it because I want to listen to the stuff that I don't know as well. And uh, and and it just gives the whole album an, an of uneven kind of texture, um, or maybe I'm overthinking it. I mean, that wouldn't be the first time that that's happened. The other shenanigans from this, um, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, go and have a listen. It's called Idle Hands. If you haven't listened to it already, um, cherry picked little lines from the interview with K- Kerry saying, you know, I don't wish Tom dead. I mean, it's you know, it's pretty classic Kerry King. Um, massively passive aggressive but um, yeah no surprises in his interview him and Tom haven't spoken I mean yeah kind of get it so anyway um, Ozzy Osbourne didn't want Kanye West using one of his songs um, at an album release party which he did and Ozzy's not happy about it fair enough Um, yeah it's not a massive news story is it I haven't really gone in depth on that and I can't really be asked, but I'll tell you what, I saw Metallica, the blending sessions, right? YouTube clips of Metallica sitting around with some whiskey bourbon knobhead, right? Whilst they talk about how they made their blackened whiskey. And the irony of seeing James Hetfield sat there leading the conversation when, you know, he's been back to rehab again. Um, I mean, I took the piss out of Dave Mustaine for supposedly being sober and then bringing out Megadeth beer. This is just as contradictory and just as weird, but it's the... uh, Frankly, it was painful to watch. It hurt my eyes to watch and ears with some of the bullshit that was coming out. You know, yeah, because, like... What you know? What you do with whiskey and blending? That's what we do when we're putting an album together. And it's like I prefer the term blending to mixing because it's about finding the right spaces for the flavors and the sounds. It's like, oh fuck off! I'm either gonna buy your fucking shitty whiskey or not. You can't talk me into it. I'm not gonna watch three YouTube clips of Metallica talking about their whiskey and go, hmm. You know what? That sounds like a tasty beverage. I'm going to give that a go. No, not going to happen. So um, anyway, on to, on to actual uh, news clips. And um, uh, yeah, Phil Demmel leaving um, violence. He'll always be Phil from violence to me. But yeah, he's leaving. Um, and it's quite interesting what he said. He's saying the timing is weird, I know. And it doesn't really coincide with the Kerry thing, he clarified. It's not that. Um, oh, that got announced, so I'm now quitting. I should have mentioned, obviously, the band is... Yeah, Phil Demmel is in the band with Kerry King and Mar- Marcos Guedo on vocals doing a cracking job, obviously. Um, I'm not... Well, yeah, it, I'm just stopping this, whatever you want, call it retiring from whatever. It's been, I guess, in the works for a bit. My status has been undefined for a while. I'm kind of doing things that I felt comfortable or fell into my schedule or whatever. But given the latest state of the band and where I feel I belong with it... Um, or feel tied to it I just think it's at an end now I found this interesting I'm feeling that uh, I'm feeling that Sean is we've gone far on different pages I guess we've always been on different pages but I don't feel like I fit in with what the objective of this is anymore and in the light of some current events he laughs I felt compelled to make the break so I'm not quite that's he said a lot there without saying anything specific, but it does kind of seem like, yeah, the different past thing and recent events. I think there's definitely something going on there. 
And and then he was like, he thought about doing a home time show, home time show, and he said, but I don't feel like I need that. The comeback shows with Perry, Dean, and Ray, and having those two magical days and doing other stuff that we've done, writing the five songs, doing the EP, I feel fulfilled. And anything kind of f- further kind of feels forced, actually. Before this tour, I honestly didn't want to come. I was committed to it. I wasn't going to back out. I'm committed to the dudes, but I think I'm done. I think I've I've done what I wanted to do with this band. And then a really nice way of finishing it off. June the 1st, 1985 to February, what would be the 11th, 2024. 39, almost 40 years. So never say never again. Try not to say that. Sometimes you do. It's been life-defining. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honour being Phil from violence. And I think that's a really sort of cool statement. Well, it's classic Phil, isn't it? It's very cool. I mean, anybody who can keep the fact he's in Kerry King's band quiet for four and a half years is, yeah, uh, is pretty damn cool. Has a level of coolness most of us will never achieve or know or understand. Next up, new Merciful Fate music is on the way, says bassist Becky Baldwin. Now, the reason I mention this is because... Becky is a friend of mine. I have known Becky for quite a few years and it is just awesome the fact that she has been um, announced as full-time bassist with Merciful Fate, one of my favourite childhood bands and now a friend is playing bass in them. I mean, how fucking mental is that? True story, right? Assembly, remember Assembly at school. For those of you who go to school now or recently went to school... I, I don't know if they still do it, but basically you all used to have to get, to, in the, to get together in the main hall. Some teachers would talk at you for fucking no reason at all. You'd be forced to listen to hymns. You'd be forced to sing fucking hymns, do prayers, whatever, right? I can't even remember. So basically, what we occasionally, the teachers would allow you to, uh, allow a student to play a song. And I remember... Um, ben, who was, believe it or not, the original, original drummer in, in Acid Rain, um, Ben, um, played uh, Merciful Fate, Come to the Sabbath, at the um, at Assembly. So it was just, it, the Assembly finished, and then it's like, and now, we've, and now so-and-so student is going to play, and, and he played it. Ben Grant, what a hero. Come to the Sabbath, blasting out of the Assembly speakers. Brilliant. And now I know the bass player. Insane. What a crazy world. Um, Next up, Tool. In a new interview with Metal Hammer, Tool bassist Justin Chancellor says that fans won't have to wait another 13 years. Awesome. It'll just be 12 years, will it? To hear a new studio album from him and his bandmates. And uh, This is needless. Referencing the gap between 2006, 10,000 days and 2019's Fear Inoculum. Yes, we know what it was referencing, for fuck's sake. But this... This phrase knocked me bandy. I wasn't expecting this. First thing Justin Chancellor says is, well, Danny is now is 62 now, so there's no thought of taking 13 years if we're going to do it. Fucking what? The drummer in Tool is 62? When did that happen? How am I so fucking old? How, how has time passed that quickly? Now, there's nothing interesting in the in the article other than to say that um, they've realised if they need to get another album together, they can't do it by all getting together in a rehearsal room and doing what they've always done because that takes ages and it, it's... Yeah. So, in other words, they've realised that maybe they're going to have to use digital technology and, uh, and put together shit like that. Fair enough. Not groundbreaking. But, you know, just thought I'd mention it. And 62! Fucking hell! Um, anyway, next up, original. I mean, this is the news you've all been waiting on, hanging on my every word here. Original ACDC singer Dave Evans, who is currently celebrating the 50th anniversary of the band's earliest recordings, spoke to Peru's Millennial TV about his plans to release new solo music. Well, here's a clue, Dave, yeah? If... Peru's Millennial TV is interviewing you. Yeah, that's a sign that maybe the world's media are not that bothered. I've got many, many albums, many, many CDs and DVDs. They're all out there on YouTube. If you want to have a look at them, 
There's so many of them. But I've got new material coming out very shortly. At the end of last year, I was touring in Denmark and I went into the studio with Fleming Rasmussen, Metallica's producer. Uh, Side note, he hasn't been Metallica's producer for quite some time. Who lives there in Sweet Silent Studios. That's his studio. Brilliant. Thanks for pointing that out, mate. And I recorded two brand new original songs with Fleming. And they're about to be released probably within a few weeks now. So there's no... So there are two new songs. Look out for them. I'm not going to tell you their names as yet. Oh, you tease. But it's all over the... It'll be all over the news very soon. Well, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm spreading the word. So, yes, I've got two brand new rock songs coming out soon. Right. Dave recorded ACDC's first two singles, Can I Sit Next to You, Girl, and Baby Please Don't Go. But in October 1974, when I was four years old, less than a year after ACDC's first gig, Evans was out of the band. Yes. This year, it is 50 fucking years since... Dave was in ACDC and he is still banging on about it. Dave, Bon Scott, yeah, Brian Johnson, they're the two singers in ACDC. Sorry, mate. At best, you're a postscript, you're a trivia question. It's That's it. Anyway, keep doing what you do. We're loving you for it. Now, there is... Recently, I did mention, uh, I, I did quote Chad Gray, and uh, Chad is off again about bands at the moment. Even more, even more, even more than bands sounding like the fucking, fucking other bands. The thing I'm fucking over is bands that don't fucking play their music. I'm fucking over that shit. These motherfuckers that roll so, so much track. That's American for have a lot of backing tracks. It's like, dude, when Ashley Simpson, you remember that, when she was on Saturday Night Live and they fucked up and her drummer hit the wrong fucking song? It was straight up lip syncing. That girl got fucking lambasted. She was murdered for that shit. Dude, now that's what people do. They just don't want to say it. It's like, you motherfucker, you are Ashley Simpson. You are Ashley Simpson. If you cannot get on stage and play your shit without a fucking laptop, you are relying way too much on the fucking laptop. You're telling me that you cannot play your music without a piece of electronic equipment. If you're going to talk about electronic equipment, it better be fucking keyboard or a guitar or something electronic, not a fucking computer that has the fucking track up, uh, um, uh, upon it. Upon tra- that has track upon track upon it. Fucking guitars stacked, bass stacked, vocals stacked, singing to fucking tracks on your own lead vocal like dude if I fucking piped my own lead vocal into my ears I would sing perfect or if I was going to sing along to a track of my own vocals like a couple of tracks of it and my vocal could be pulled back and I just kind of sat back in the mix dude I'd be incredible but I don't do that I don't believe in that shit I was fucking inspired by fucking great bands and great bands never did that shit I want to I want to carry on and, and so forth and so forth. And he's on one at the moment, Chad. And that's why I love him. He just does not fucking hold back at all. It's fucking awesome. It really is. And it's not. It's a little bit like older man moaning about the way things are. But he's right. He's absolutely right. Metal has always had a degree of integrity that that straight that, that basically meant things like lip syncing was for pop bands. And I totally fucking agree. Anyway, next up, new lizard species named after Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson. Well, I'm not going to go through the story. Go find it if you want, yeah? But I'm kind of like, is that is that really a compliment? Yeah? If somebody rang me and went, hey, Howard, we've just discovered a new lizard and we're going to call it Howard Smith, I'd be like, Really? Can you not do that by any chance? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess it's... Just, I mean, you know, I'm sure it's a tribute. I'm sure it's meant the right way and all the rest of it. But I don't know. You know, being named... Having a lizard named after you. I mean, I don't think it's anybody's particular uh, life goal. But by the same token, just like, I don't know. Don't really want to be a lizard, thanks. But hey, maybe maybe Bruce does. I don't know. That's up to Bruce. I'll ask him next time I see him. So now, now on to Bristol, a, a Bristol punk band that I had not heard of before. 
okay um they're called the idols and i i just think that this is some of the some of the most self-obsessed absolute fucking bollocks i've ever I, i've read for quite some time so idols may be releasing an album of love songs post valentine's day but that doesn't mean that bristol punk band are losing their bite frontman joan T joe taylor insists the quintet have made their name with combative aggressive songs such as never fight a man with a perm model village and well done but on new track tang sets released on february the 16th the, the group reveal their more than tender emotional side which says which says talbot should not be interpreted as the group going soft the most powerful fucking human beings on earth are ballet dancers because it takes strength to move slowly and open up yourself up to the world. Already, head is disappearing a pass. Uh, I mean, he's not wrong. Talent, you know, um, uh, ballet dancers are incredibly strong uh, because it, it's all about the core. But um, they're not the strongest people in the world. Talbot extends, uh, um, expands upon the idea with uh, in an interview with The Guardian. Well, fuck me. There you go. There's your first warning. Explaining that on their early albums, the group were interested in the violence of art. We wanted to use our violence to cut through the violence in advertising and popular media and journalism to create a conversation in opposition. You're in a band, you fucking cock. He says before revealing that he now feels he doesn't have to hide behind the violence anymore. When Nina, Mazur, Nina Manone, sorry, when Nina Simone was at her most delicate, there was still a lightning bolt behind it. People want to own us and tell us who we are, Talbot says at another point in the interview. I have always been interested in writing about empathy and communion as a tool to fight the fascist government that we are under. I mean. That's basically saying I like to teach, I like to preach pacifism um, to people who want to have a fight. It's absolute bollocks. It means nothing. It is just word soup. It's just totally meaningless. Um, I don't see that as political. I see that as humane. I despise our government. I fucking hate them. I hate every single lie that comes out of their fucking horrible mouths. I hope they they are crushed in the next general election. You're starting to sound like a fucking twelve year old, mate. Um. As an anti-monarchist, I don't like occupying other countries. An unelected leader, the House of Lords. As soon as you, uh, you have a kid, those beliefs become amplified with a sense of severe protection. It just highlights the dangerous, apathetic stance we have on so much oppressive fucking systems within our country. And I don't want to talk about. Uh, and I want to talk about that through love, not anger, not hate, not disdain. So, yeah. The, the language of violence that he was referring to earlier has now been replaced by the language of love. I mean, just utter, self-obsessed, pretentious fucking bollocks. Just absolute fucking drivel. I've never heard such a load of just rubbish. Fucking absolute rubbish. Joe Talbot, shove it up your fucking ass. I have always been interested in writing about empathy and communion as a tool to fight the fascist government that we are under. Fuck off. Seriously, mate, fuck off. You're entertaining the world, not saving it. You're just writing some songs. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you want to if you want to fucking actually mean anything, if you actually want to back any of that up, yeah? Rage against the machine. There's the bar. Take some years off. And get involved in some activism. Oh, or are you just a singer in a piss-weak fucking so-called punk band? No, slightly loud fucking indie band. About as punk as fucking Marillion. Honestly, bollocks. Right, happy days. Let's move on to my chat with Kyle from the wonderful Exorder. Now, um... First time I met Kyle was well. You're going to hear about it. I don't know. I don't know. There's no point in fucking saying any of this because you're going to hear because we're going to have a chat. That makes total sense, doesn't it? Um, so just let's just get on with it, shall we? I have talked enough. This is Kyle and I having a chat very, very recently. So great to see you again. Likewise. 
It's been a, it's yeah, it's been well. There's been a whole pandemic and shit since uh, since the last time. Last last underworld show we did was 2019, so it has yeah. been. Yeah, it was just before the world turned to shit. Four yeah. and a half years, probably. Yeah, but it's good to see you again, man. Likewise. And like I said, you know, last last interview, last interview of the week. Jesus, this is like crack a beer or something, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's exactly what's happening after we finish this interview. <laughs> uh, my wife, my my wife and I are going to meet some friends for happy hour. She just got home from a work assignment, a four month assignment in Hawaii. I just got home from South America, and so we're just going to see some friends we hadn't seen in a while. Oh man, that's awesome! It's also having a, it's also awesome having a having a a wife that hits the road. You know, it's not always yeah. you, it's not always you leaving. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you have to be wired for this lifestyle. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I, I've got to do some of the usual bullshit, you know, cause it's, it's record company will kill me if I don't. Um, it might sound like a strange question. One of my, one of my early influences on singing, maybe cause I'm reasonably short. I like to call it, I like to say diminutive, but it's short. Um, was, was, was Ronnie James Dio. Um, Amen. He was a big influence on me. And upon listening to your new album, I realized what an influence he'd been on you as well. Without question. Dio is one of the best. Uh, and, and what to me is the most amazing thing about Dio is, aside from, you know, obvious uh, little man, big voice, uh, but, the you know, the persona, the skill set, he really doesn't use falsetto much at all. He's just almost full voice the whole way. And that yeah. to me is amazing. You know, I, he's, uh, I, I have a, a, a black Sabbath tribute act that I do with some people, but we only do the Dio years. And it is one of the most challenging jobs I've ever had. And I bet it's one of the most fun thing, fun things to do as well. Oh, what there's there's a great there's not a lot of greater ways to make money than that <laughs> yeah now I, maybe you're like me right i mean as much as i love like doing my own thing i'm singing my lyrics it's something i've created it's come from me um there's there's something there's some kind of next level joy about singing singing other people's stuff you know yes and, and, and singing your hero's stuff <laughs> This is true. Uh, and this actually uh, couldn't apply any better than my experience playing in trouble because uh, I, you know, as much as I love writing and recording songs as a member of trouble, I want to sing the old songs, the ones <laughs> I grew up on. You know? Yeah. I want to yeah. sing Eric's songs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. I um yeah I remember speaking to Eric Forrest fucking oh there's a name from the past Eric Forrest from Voivod um when he was fronting and playing bass in Voivod and he was exactly the same he was like yeah I was like oh the new album's really cool man you know you've done a great job he was like yeah yeah but I just want to play the fucking old stuff yeah yeah I understand you know it's like I'm just you know I'm I'm just a fan I'm, and I I absolutely you know I absolutely get that but it was it was um. I think it was um, it was listening to um, Defectum Omnium, the Stolen Hope, on the new album. That was when I was like, I can I can hear some Dio, I can hear some yeah. dude. And there's 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 there was there's another track later on as well where I was just like, I don't think I've ever heard that in your voice before. And by the way, you've done it. Well done. Congratulations. You have Thank done. You. You have done what every single musician wants to do, and that is put out something that is better than the last thing they put out. Ah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I honestly do. Uh, I, I I think it's absolutely fantastic. I really, really do. Um, and that's not to say that um, you know that 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 was a, a low bar. It was a high bar with the comeback. But um, I, I I genuinely feel that this is like, yeah far and away an improvement to me there's unless you're just oh, excuse me unless you're just trying to fulfill a contractual obligation uh just to get it done and over with I, I i don't see a point in going through that as you well know the 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 rigorous process 
of yeah. making an album from starting from zero silence and making <laughs> a 55 minute album is uh it's it's a monumental chore and <laughs> I, you might as well have fun along the yeah. way and 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 have it mean something and that that was something that the, the three of us sasha jason and myself when we decided let's write this together let's produce it together let's do all of this together uh we were very meticulous in crafting the songs uh cherry picking the best of it kicking the, what didn't stick to the wall out and yeah. making the songs better serving the songs to me oh. is is yeah. this yeah yeah, that's that's my favorite phrase. That is my favorite phrase. Serving the song. The most important person in the room is the song. It's not you, it's not me, it's the song. And is that your favorite bit? Yeah, but it doesn't work. Sorry, gotta go. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and uh, you know, you have to uh in a mature setting, <laughs> grown up grown-ups who are crafting art and music together will listen to each other and say, hey man, why don't you try this? Or I don't think that's working. I've got an idea that might work a little better. And yeah, everyone listens and, and uh, in a democratic fashion says, yes, this vote, we vote for this to, to be changed to this. But if one person's like, I really feel strongly about it. And the other guys or girls, whoever it might be say, Okay, we'll give you that. This is something you brought to the table. You must feel strongly about it for a reason. So as long as everybody's communicating and listening, yeah, and not losing sight of the 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 priority, which is serving the song is I'm glad to hear that you feel the same way about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um and you use some you use some very key phrases there where it's like, well, if you like, I, you know, at this point, I hear this as opposed to what is there at the moment. I'm in the process of I'm in the process of writing the new album at the moment. And I was sat with our I was sat with our guitarist last week and we had the uh, and we had the best kind of exchange that you have when you're writing material. He was saying that he could hear vocals over this part. And I was saying that I could hear a lead. I could hear a guitar solo over this part. So he's he's wanting me on it and I'm wanting him on it. <laughs> That's good though. That's 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 selfless songwriting, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But but what you were saying about the well, actually, I can hear this. It's that's that is that is the way for me to break it down. It's never. Mm, I don't like that bit. Well, like um, that's that's really great, wonderful. Like that's not good enough. That's not a criticism. That's not a critique. That's what people who by the record are allowed to say okay sure. but yeah, you yeah. can't just say i don't like it and that's it no you've got to offer a reason or you've got to say actually i can hear this and bring something to the table and say without well, a doubt that's that but otherwise you know it's that constructive criticism thing it's like you've you've got to bring something to it yeah i mean this is uh easily the first time an exhorter album was crafted where there weren't arguments and fighting <laughs> it's funny <laughs> i can't imagine why that was you know it's uh it's it's a tough thing you know getting a group of creative strong-minded people in the same room to work together you know chemistry is everything and you know yeah. that's I have to say this was a very pleasant experience uh, in the from start to finish making this album. It was uh, something that everything that we dreamed this album could be came to be, and that that's 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 lightning in a bottle. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think that um, what I what I noticed was there's 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 well for a start, you mentioned it earlier. It's a 55 minute album. It's like, right, okay, that's like proper album length. That's like, yeah, right. We're not just knocking 10 songs out and giving the record label something they can market as an album. This is a 55 minute journey. There are, and it's also, it strikes me as an album. It's something that is meant to be listened to. The track listing is there for a reason. 
and you know you've got short songs long songs but you've also got all sorts of different paces different feels and I, you know I, I i don't want to insult you by using the word mature but um it it, it kind of feels like that it, it's there's on this album there's it feels like there's nothing you're afraid of doing you know it's like hey why don't we you know why why don't we catch a punk vibe for a bit yeah cool okay why don't we do 7 minutes of like really fucking with tempos and just you know keeping it calm and finding a groove and finding a vibe and getting the most out of it um and i've only listened to the album twice you know i can't oh, wait wow. to i can't wait to listen to it again oh right on yeah, yeah well that was uh one of the things we did not want to do was put the settings on autopilot and just chug 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 song 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 uh metronome 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 yeah uh to me that that's kind of boring um you know we come from a generation where our heroes are beatles black sabbath led zeppelin queen uh you know lots of uh well thought out albums with a lot of peaks and valleys a lot of different sounding you know some of those albums had songs recorded in different sessions at different studios and the ride does this instead of that autopilot, you know, it just yeah. it pe peaks and valleys, emotional sways. Uh, that was, that was the mindset. I, uh, this, this girl I'm friends with listened to it. And the first thing she said was it reminded me of a Led Zeppelin album. And I'm like, then it worked. That was our, yeah. that was our goal to, to make it an experience and, and a journey as you put it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're making me smile. Cause I, it's like, it's it's cool though those moments when you when you have an album and it's finished and nobody else no one else knows no one's heard it and you 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 get to kind of cherry pick a few people to 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 play who to play it to whose opinions you really value and for for you it's like that's the that's that level of validation that that is is more important than a bunch of reviews yeah or, or sure. anything like and, that and and by all means, if you don't like it, please step up and say why. I'm not yeah, afraid yeah. of that. You know, I I realize that there, there, I've seen. I read the comments. I'm not afraid. It's just words, and they don't hurt. Uh, there's a handful of people here and there that are like, it's not like the first two. Well, of course it's not. We wrote that stuff when I was still a teenager. Most of it, you know, it's like, of course it's not going to be like that. But, um. Uh, you know, a lot of people get very possessive over their favorite era of a band and they expect it to remain that way and they expect it to stay in that integrity of a lineup. And it's like, man, tell me about your worst job that you ever had. And if someone came up to you and told you that you had to work with those people the rest of your life, would you do it? No. Well, then why do you expect bands to force forcibly stay together just because of your desire you know like it's going to yeah. evolve you 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 get you get zz top and rush once in a lifetime and it just yeah. you know look at look at the common denominator there you got three members one yeah. two three and you know you start adding more people it's harder it's harder to keep things uh perfect and and happy i mean for right now we've got a four piece going and we are happy as can be and we all get along. Will it last forever? The jury's still out, but you know yeah. it's it's nice to have it. And I'm I'd like to ride it as long as possible. It's not an easy thing to find. I've been in a million bands. It's very hard to find uh, cohesion um, for the long haul. It really is. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know exactly what you mean. We had a lineup change um, after kind of seven years, and um, and we had a lineup change, and I was uh, and and. I was sat there and listening to all the guys going, oh, this is great. You know, everyone's friends now. And, you know, oh, you now that guy's gone and oh, it's all cool. And, and and being the old cynic I am, I'm just sat there going, uh, no, everything's not fine. It's just, it's now someone else's turn. It's, Three, it's now someone else's turn two, to be the arsehole. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a different dynamic now. Someone else's yeah. turn, that's all. You know, it's human nature. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, man. It is. Uh, and Lord knows that the workload isn't easy. Um, you know, having a 
uh, a, a payout that you can rely on is is almost impossible to to guarantee. So there's so many intangibles. It's it's tough. So it takes it takes a certain type of person to live the lifestyle and stick with it. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And and also, I think, you know, from a from a fan perspective, um, it's 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 it, I don't know. It used to really annoy me, but now I kind of get it. It's kind of like, yeah, I get it. You're so emotionally attached to those first few records because ours are like from back in the 80s as well. You know, so you're so emotionally attached to that. That's like your childhood is is in the grooves of that record. There's nothing yes. we can ever do but disappoint you. From, from, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from yeah, it's, it's fucking right. downhill from here on. Yep, <laughs> just so, like life. So stay, funny enough. so stay home and listen to those records. I've got a concert to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or come to the gig, you know, and just enjoy the old stuff. That that's fine. Yeah, but go get it, a beer during the new songs. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's like, you know, it's, I always hear those people say, "Oh." Like, Thrash metal never died. Um, I've I've been playing the you know the first four Metallica albums, first four Creator albums, ever since. And it's like, yeah, great, wonderful. You're you're partly why it did die, mate. Yeah, you because know? <laughs> <laughs> you're still fucking listening to that stuff. You're supposed to grow, you know. We're yeah, all supposed yeah, yeah. to move forward in life, um, but you know, it, it it doesn't always happen. Simple as that. But um, I know yeah, I, well, the, I... the growth is good. And, and you know, I, I, what I've noticed is the audience is getting younger and, and the, the, they're turning out in numbers. And to me, that says it all right there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I, I, are you are you deep enough now to not ever get any questions about Pantera ever? Uh, I mean, they still surface. It's something that I have definitely grown weary of talking about. Uh, but I can say this much. Uh, I'm friends with Phil. I've been friends with Phil most of my life. I'm friends with Rex. Uh, you know, Daryl and I got along fine. And, yeah, you know, they they were a band I respected immensely. And I never had a terrible time hang, hanging out with them. <laughs> Daryl induced vomiting on me at least three times in my life. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. You got the stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, most of the I, I'm not going to say all of that controversy was fan and media driven, but most of it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, it's like it, it's like a lifetime ago, isn't it? Really? You know, it I really mean... is. And and hey, look, I'm I'm as happy as anybody at Pantera's back and playing and succeeding because it's good for everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, um back and playing. Um I I I'm going to I'm going to throw in a couple of subscriber questions actually because these guys actually actually pay money. So, you know, they're they're the good guys. Hey, how about that? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> what a novel concept, hey. Um <laughs> help an artist out by paying for something. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like this old secret from back in the back in the 90s. <laughs> Um, so, um, so Kieran, uh, Kieran Colin Bounds says, does Kyle have any plans for more UK shows uh, or is that something that is out of his hands? Uh, if I could snap a finger, I would make it happen a lot quicker than it has. Um, but the, the simple fact is, I think at this point, you just have to just throw in the tile and plan a UK exclusive tour instead of trying to go back and forth between UK and mainland, because I think the logistics are just so difficult now having, you know, in a post Brexit world. Um, so I, I, I am going to run that up the flagpole with my management and our booking agent that they're chomping at the bit for us to get back over there. And we're in a similar position yeah. I've always had a great time touring the UK. The shows are great. Let's get back over there. So, uh, Kieran, we are going to get back at some point by hook or by crook, and uh, I'll start squeaky wheeling that. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, well, good, good. Um, and you know, if you want, if you want some tour mates, then just give us a shout because um, yeah, we'll be yeah, yeah, all over that shit, mate. 
Um, so, Paul Hutchings. Uh, my only time seeing his order was at Bloodstock 2018. It was a phenomenal show. It was also the band's first ever UK show. What are Kyle's memories of that night and the UK crowd? Well, I remember that right before we went on stage, it started raining. So people uh, uh, clamored to get into yeah. the tent to you get out of the tent? rain, which, yeah. which worked which worked to our advantage. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like instantly the crowd doubled and and i think it uh it couldn't have been more perfect timing because we did have a good show and the crowd was was lovely so uh i i distinctly remember it being very balmy uh and humid and i was nursing a hangover from uh from the show before <laughs> but <laughs> once you get on stage that all kind of vanishes and you just go back into adrenaline mode so yeah uh I, I I recall that being one of the better ones. Yeah, we actually that there was the I I usually make bloodstock every year, and um uh, a couple of years ago we had a um we had a heat wave, so it was in the forties for for bloodstock. Yeah, wow. main stage it was just like a dust bowl, and at the biggest cheer of the whole weekend was during one band, one single cloud came across the sky and obscured the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The the whole audience turned away from the band to backs to the band, and we're just looking into the sky and cheering this one cloud. And there was much rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone anyone who says the Brits were obsessed with weather is completely fucking off their head. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was a total Monty Python scene. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's again. British weather, the rain drew, you know, just drove people to exorder. That's what you want. Amen. Yeah, true. Um, well, I, I, I'm hopefully you will be able to get back to the UK um, uh, as soon as, but I, you did mention that you've been to South America. Um, did you yeah, have... just did that. Yeah, did you have a, a, and did you have somebody playing guitar for you over there? Uh, Valdemar Sarikta came and joined us. He, he usually fills in for us when we go to Europe now until we can sort out the logistics on Pat's uh, difficult uh, travel situation. Yeah. Uh, but Valdemar has been great. Valdemar has stepped up and helped us out like a brother. And um, he's played South America quite a bit. So there were a lot of people there that knew him already. So it, it was perfect. It couldn't have been a better scenario for us. Uh, so we did, uh, it's supposed to be 11 shows, but there were some fires in Valparaiso, uh, Chile and uh, caused a lot of destruction and some death. And Shit. as a result, the local government shut down all events, concerts and stuff. So yeah. that turned into an off day that we didn't uh, anticipate, but it was actually good timing because we were exhausted from January 30th until February 4th. When I returned home, there were only two days that we didn't spend in the airport and in the airplanes. It was crazy because oh, South America is so big that you yeah. can't drive anywhere. So like literally every show we had to fly in, fly out. Yeah. And also you don't want to drive anywhere because you're going to get held up. Oh, well, that sounds like a whole problem that I don't need in my life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, you've done better than us. Our, our, our South American tour was canceled before we left. So, um, you oh, know, no. it, it was, it was one of those, man, you know, it's always like, there's always a comment, isn't there? Come to Chile. And you're like, it's not that fucking easy, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it really isn't. exactly. Um, it is an so, ordeal. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is everybody, everybody's warned us. We haven't been there before. And everybody's warned us saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it it's unique. And, um, and yeah, of course it, it didn't even happen. That was uh, pretty unique. Um, I think it was one of those kind of things where it was like they liked the idea of us touring over there, um, but actually finding the money to pay to get us to tour over there. That was the problem. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's a difficult thing. You know, we were in a fortunate situation where we had a uh, a, a reputable promoter uh, who had been working, I think, with Exciter before the Exciter highly recommended him to us uh ah, that's big thumbs one. up so so we went with him and and we couldn't have been happier with how he did everything he was great i need i need to get those details off you that's for sure absolutely definitely definitely um now 
leaping back to the beginning of our conversation, tell me more about the Dio, the the, the Sabbath band, because I am A, fucking jealous, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and, and B, fucking jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that uh, my friend Miguel here, uh, he and his brother are like... Uh, stalwarts of the greater new orleans music scene and uh he approached me about doing it and i said yeah man i'm in and and so we we got the uh uh the drummer we got is a guy named danny king that used to play with uh uh heavy metal glam metal band lillian axe back in the day they were from here oh, uh there is a name uh, from back in the day yeah yeah, yeah. and dan and Danny, uh, Danny's an old friend, and 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 so we we started all working together, and we just started bashing it out in the room, and and as soon as we started playing, we just started getting a lot of requests for additional booking, and uh, and here we are, we've been doing it for about two, uh, close to three years now, maybe I think, and uh, and the same band, we're actually uh, going to be joined by Sammy Duet from Goat Whore and Acid Bath. And we're going to do a Judas Priest tribute with the same lineup with adding Sammy. Oh, and, uh, and, and, and also with some of these guys, I have a, a new wave tribute act and we do like eighties, late seventies, early eighties, new wave. Oh, dude, you, yeah, you, are, you are like Mr. Versatile vocalist. This is, this is like, that's a whole range right there. Yeah, it's it's a different world, and I I actually enjoy that one because it, thank God I like I finally don't have to play heavy metal, you know, and, uh, which yeah. which I love of course, but you know I I'm I'm a music fan before I'm a a metalhead or a punk or anything, um, and yeah. not to mention I went to uh, Catholic school and there I was in it was part of my curriculum, not extracurricular activities. I I was in the chorus in high school, so for two years in high school and one your university uh i sang uh as part of my grade I, I sang in the in the chorus and it's where i learned how to do a lot of stuff all my fundamentals and everything and and my 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 last uh year of performing in a chorus at university my final grade was performing beethoven's ninth with the new orleans symphony two sold out shows at the orpheum theater it was incredible wow I, I stood stood on risers with 30 other people right behind a 60 piece symphony and i mean it was easily the most incredible musical experience of my life that's amazing dude i mean i i, I sang same experience primary school as we call it over here um singing in the choir um, I, I mean, I, I tried playing instruments, but I'm shit at practicing unless I've got like instant and this, I've got an instant, like, you know, ability, then nah, can't be bothered with that move. On. But singing was always the thing. And, and it was, it was the same thing as, as you with a choir, but that, that sounds incredible. It was amazing. No doubt. Uh, I, I miss doing it sometimes. Uh, but what I have done is I've I've begun vocal instruction. So I have a lot of students. I have children, grown-ups, uh, recording artists, people that just want to get better at karaoke. And I teach them everything I learned. You know, sometimes they come to me and they're like, I just want to learn how to sing and like growl better and do death metal better. It's like, well, here you go. We're going to start with fundamentals, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. And, you're, and they're yeah. like, but I don't want to sing like that. And it's like, but you have to learn that to get better at that. Yes. Yeah. You can't, you can't build a house with the roof first. Yeah. You got to right. start with the foundations and build it all the way up. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And if, 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 um, if watching, uh, sing, singing instructors on YouTube has taught us nothing, it's the fact that, yeah, growling is just as difficult as any other form yeah. of singing, if not more and difficult. Because you're, in, you're in any, you do it wrong, like any other yeah. form of singing. You do it wrong, you are going to fuck That's your it. voice up. Yeah, true story. Now, I, now, funnily enough, you were said about talking about um, singing new wave. Um, I think I kind of know what you mean. Whenever, whenever I sing stuff that's not metal, um, I always feel like there's more room 
for me, if that, I, I don't want to say that, that sounds like, I, wow, check the ego out on that guy. Um, but do you know what I mean? I feel, always feel like there's more room for the voice. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot, especially in heavy metal uh, and not like necessarily extreme metal, but especially anything that's like based around classical uh, influence it seems like everything's set up for like the guitars to shine or the drums to shine. And there's yeah. a feature instead of uh, a, a nice mix of, you know, I tell you what, some of these guitar players in new wave, they're, they're doing some incredibly creative stuff, but it's a lot less noodly. It's a lot less um, acrobatic. It's a lot more of a soundscape. And I think that that's serving the song. Soundscape where where the voice is seen as another instrument and so thing and so things are playing off each other where in metal it's kind of like you're kind of the roof like there's yeah. the rest of the house you fucking go there and that's where you live and that's it absolutely yeah unless at yeah. some point someone throws in some open chords and there's actually some room to do something sure exactly that helps for sure when you yeah. don't have to fight against riffing uh it it, it helps yeah. a lot yeah, and I, 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 yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it, it is that it, it's, it feels like it, everything is structured around the music, and 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 vocally, you are there, um, basically, to to kind of put something on top. But ultimately, that's it. Whereas with with pop, with new wave, with anything like that, um, the vocal, to, in some cases, the everything's built around the vocal. You know, it's that vocal melody that is, you know, is leading the song and things are playing off it. Um, right, which, right. But it also brings a whole other level of responsibility as a as a singer that, you know, sometimes you can get away with it a little bit in metal and you can you can have a hangover, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not so easy when when the, when the voice is like right at the front of the queue. Yeah, yeah, uh, different. It's a different animal. I, I, there's a lot more baritone in this new wave music, and I'm a natural tenor with a foot in the baritone door. So it's something I have to actually really work a little harder at because it's new territory for me. But I enjoy the challenge. Now you see, I, I'm I'm a tenor, and uh, my my baritone is weak. Um, I'm I'm. Yeah, I I know exactly where my voice lives now. It's taken so many fucking years, but I actually know where where it works best now. And um, yeah, I I I couldn't pull that off. It's like I'm I'm just I'm just happier higher up. Um, and that's the way it is. While I've got you, while I've got you, um, whenever I get a singer, I'm always fascinated to ask, um, a if you do warm downs and if you do what your warm down um regiment is and if you do warm-ups what your warm-up regiment is and to go back to ronnie dio again i'll never forget his warm-up smoke to join <laughs> yeah well what i teach my students um is basically <laughs> like uh, right okay um, <laughs> what I teach my students yeah, yeah, is basically yeah, yeah. say what I do not what I yeah, yeah do what I say See, not what I do I, I have I have a handful of exercises that I learned in um, in chorus class that are essentially warm ups. Uh, it was taught to us as exercises, and then once we mastered them, we did about three or four minutes of these select exercises, which are typically based around C major scale. You know, do re mi fa so la yeah. ti do ti yeah. la so fa mi re do do mi so mi do do mi so mi do and so forth. Yeah. And uh, and we would do that for a few minutes before we started the real singing every day. Uh, and when I am not on tour, I tend to warm up with those a little bit more frequently. But when I'm out on tour, I'm in tour form. So most importantly, I just get a lot of rest. And the only warm down I do is uh, beer and maybe uh, some Irish whiskey, you know? <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I... Um... I uh I I did a refresher with a with a um a singing teacher and she gave me some warm down exercises to do. 
Um, and they only, and she was like, just like, wherever you can do them, they take like two minutes. Um, and, um, and it, it, it's, it's warming down your breathing and basically bringing your, your voice down from what you've been doing for the last hour and bringing it down to right. And now you're ready to speak. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never, I'd, I'd never like heard of it before, but it's, it, I found it quite useful because I've also found it helps regulate my breathing and it also helps dissipate adrenaline, which as you know, you come off stage. Yeah. With load, yeah you come off stage oh. with a load of adrenaline and yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like um, when you are doing cardiovascular exercise and you just stop, like, it's not good. You should, you should walk or like, you know, uh, jog in place, do anything that's going to help cool down your body instead of just stopping. And so that makes sense. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like after sports, isn't it? You know, you see, you see people running around for like an hour and a half and then like, like some guys being interviewed by the pitch and there's the entire team doing warm downs. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get it. Cause otherwise they ain't going to sleep. Yeah. They're, they're, right. they're all, they're all right. buzzing. Um, exactly. But, um, but yeah. And um, so like, you know, she, um, she taught me those and I was kind of like, I was, I was skeptical, but it, 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 it it's really worked for me. Um, but warm ups is, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I really struggle with because I've got, I, you know, I find my adrenaline kicking in about 20 minutes before the show and, yeah. and it's so hard to concentrate on any kind of like vocal warm up Cause I'm just like, you know, I'm just jazz. Just want to get out there. It's, it's a yeah, real, I mean, for me, like once I'm in tour form, it's less important than it is making sure that I just show up well rested and, and mostly get my blood pumping before I start hopping around singing, playing the guitar, because all of that, if you get out there cold, you're going to start sucking wind and that's, yeah. that's not good. Uh, so uh, most importantly, like I said, uh, rest, I can't stress to my mm. students how much rest is the absolute magic key to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and find out what your cutoff point is for eating before a show. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and what you eat, like I can't have cucumbers, bell peppers, um, anything that's overly acidic, um, uh, you know, if I start getting repeats or reflux during the show, it's it's a nightmare. Yeah, pasta and cheese, I got to avoid. Um, otherwise, it's like every song is tasting like pasta and cheese, and it's not an enjoy <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not an enjoyable experience for everyone, for anyone. You know, the front row, your bandmates, anyone. It's just not a good thing. Um, yeah, it's it, I, it took me years to learn that. But um, and one thing I I was just thinking about um, the other thing that I'd learned from a singing teacher was um, which was a very cool thing. I don't know, I, basically, um, sm a small bottle of water and a um, uh, a, a permanent straw. So basically, um, something that's made um, of a kind of like man-made material, a synthetic material, like those big kind of shake straws that you can buy yeah. in supermarkets and stuff. And you put that into a small bottle of water. You have about that much water in a bottle. And you do your warm-up exercises into the straw. Oh. The water absorbs the sound. You can do your warm-ups sat next to someone, and they don't even notice. Oh, wow, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that, that's a thing that I think people struggle with is, you know, when you're going, ha, 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 and you're in a room full of people, they're going to start imitating you, mocking you and making fun of you. And it just feels awkward. Uh, mate, it's, it never, ever feels anything other than fucking really awkward. You know, it, it's like, or, or, or people, or some people try and catch your eye to go like, oh yeah, cool. And other people don't want to catch your eye because they're embarrassed, you know, because they're, because yeah. this, this is weird, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, it is fucking weird. No, no one knows how to act. It's like, where's the disabled toilet? Find me a disabled toilet. I will go yeah, and do my, right. I'll go and do my warm ups in there. 
I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. I've spent I've spent my life in disabled toilets. I've done twenty five years being a stand up comedian, and um, <laughs> and 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 I all and I, I, I the amount of disabled toilets I've got changed in, like you know, doing comedy, it's absolutely ridiculous. And and still to this day, nothing ever changes. It really doesn't. Um, well, look, Kyle, I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know you've got a um, you've, you've you've got beers to drink, and you know, got a hot date with my beautiful yeah. wife. Yeah, absolutely. And if I it, look, you know, one singer to another, I feel bad that I'm getting in the way of that. I'm last interview of the day. <laughs> you know? No, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It was it was on schedule. So we're good, man. Cool. Cool. Well, look, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's lovely to see you again. And I'm really looking forward to you getting back to the UK. Totally serious. Um, I will. I'll send an email to Claire at Nuclear Blast. Find out who your Mexican dude is. I will also send her a link to the vocal warm down. And oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's an MP3. And let me tell you, my singing teacher had the most gorgeous, soft Scottish voice. And just listening to that voice after doing a show really does just give you like half the battle right there. Yeah, huh? absolutely. You can smell the heather. You know, <laughs> <laughs> amen. Uh, what a perfect place to leave it. Smelling the heather. Right. Yes. Um, I, I'll, you I'll could go to jail for that, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, apparently. Apparently. If it's anywhere, if it's within 100 feet of a castle. Especially if Heather's dad finds out. Uh, yeah. Well, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I All really right, Howard, man, this. it was a pleasure. Yeah, let's let's keep in touch, man. Hit me up on the uh, socials. I, I I do all the socials, so uh, message me there, and we'll keep in touch. Oh, cool. In which case, I will do. The podcast is called Talking Bollocks. I will come and find you now, and I'll send yes, you that. Yes. I'll I'll send you that vocal warm Please down do. in the next few minutes. Awesome. Sounds great, dude. Cool, man. Take care. All right, have a great weekend. Thanks. Say hello to your wife for me. We'll, we'll do. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Say hello to your wife for me. What was I fucking thinking? Where did that come from? Honestly, just... <laughs> we were having a really good chat. Well, you know, I'm not going to review the interview. As, as as you know, it really annoys me when um, you listen to a podcast interview and then the host or... Well, usually the hosts then go, oh, wasn't that a great interview? And they talk about their favourite bits and you're like, dudes, I just fucking listened, Yeah. You don't need to review the interview that I've just listened to. Well, anyway, I don't need to do that here. Other than to say, the new album absolutely fucking kills. Um, and like I said, I've only listened to it twice. I'm going to be listening to it more than that today. A good two or three times, I reckon. So uh, you have got to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for wading through all the shit at the beginning. I really went on, didn't I, this month? Just to say that there is a video of that interview on the Talking Bollocks YouTube channel, which you can go you can go and visit anytime you like. It's free. It's not like Patreon. It's all up there. So it just remains for me to say thank you very much for supporting the podcast in any way you do. Even if you just listen for free and you subscribe, that's cool. You don't have to do anything. It's just a podcast, isn't it? You know, I'm going to change anyone's life. If you happen to be wandering past um, iTunes and uh, if it even exists anymore and you'd like to leave a, uh, a review or if you'd like to leave a review anywhere on whatever device you're listening to, that'd be cool. You know, five out of five or nothing. Yeah. Praise me or slag me off. Let's not leave it in the middle. Don't leave me wondering what you think. So thanks again for listening. Hope you've enjoyed that. More awesome stuff on the way. Cheers, guys. Speak to you again soon.